Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where every single Tuesday we interview a new guest to talk about topics to help you craft your own fit life. The title Stop Chasing Skinny comes from my own personal tagline of life begins when you stop chasing skinny. You see, I spent many years running many miles, taking many classes, and trying many diets, but none of those worked. So finally, I got down to the business of understanding what really matters. And it's not just about how much exercise you can do or how little you can eat. It's everything else that goes into it. So I created this podcast to help you so you can craft your own fit life. Every single Tuesday, you can listen to an interview with a guest. And now every Friday, you can listen to me a second time where I take questions you have sent to me and I spend about 15 minutes answering them. You can even feed your brain this nourishing brain food by listening while you're cooking, commuting, cleaning, walking the dog, or just about anything else. Because that is how we craft a fit life. So let's get on with the show. Hey, and today we have John Giovanni. John and I know each other through Oblique Magazine. Listeners, you've probably seen some of my social media stuff with Oblique. It's Charleston's only fitness publication. Um, it is just such a cool magazine. It has really great articles. And I wanted to bring John on today because I wanted people to understand that it is a local magazine. It's such high quality. A lot of people think that it is a nat- nationally produced magazine, but it's locally owned and operated here in Charleston. So the other thing I wanted to do was introduce John's background because it's super interesting. There's so much stuff that he's done. Um, and I wanted to answer the question of why are all the heads cut off of the <laughs> magazine covers? So welcome, John. Welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit uh, more about your background and all the things that you've done to really, um, that have led you here. I mean, I just think it's so interesting. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting that I, I came from New York. So right off the bat there, it's a little different. The culture down here was a, was a change for me for the better, I think. I was a uh, my senior year at St. Bonaventure University in New York, I came down to visit my brother, who was a real estate controller at Kew Island. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do after college. I was a, a marketing major, and I also was a independent study art student there. And I was just toying with what I wanted to do. Most of my friends were going to go to New York City and that, but when I came down to visit my brother, I really fell in love with Charleston. And my thought process was to really make a, uh, an attempt to get into the art world here, which I did, but um, Charleston has a lot of really good artists, and I found out pretty quickly they didn't really need a, a mediocre one. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got a job at Seabrook Island, um, and for two years I was a sales manager there, working on bringing conferences and that to the island. I took a part-time job as a doorman at the legendary Cafe 99 on Market Street downtown. And that part-time job led to nine years in the restaurant business, bar restaurant business in the, in the management capacity. Um, and looking back at that now, it, it, I learned so much during those years about business, about people, personalities, because you're not going to get more eclectic groups of people, both customers and, and employees, than, than in that business. So um, I got burned out, though. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy business. The hours are just nuts. So 
I did a couple of other things, and then I somehow got into, I was always in the fitness and working out and training and stuff like that. I, I continued to do that from high school on. So I got a personal training certification, and I started training at um, MUSC, the wellness center there. And around that same time, I took a job as an adjunct professor um, at the College of Charleston. So I was doing those two things, and, and actually I still train, and I still am a, as a, a professor there now. Um, but it was during that time, about 11 years ago, that I started Oblique, and that's how the magazine came about. Yeah. That so. is so cool. So, uh, yes, yeah, so you're an artist, um, <laughs> a professor, a... Uh, a fitness expert and a publisher. That's pretty darn cool. And you worked in the restaurant business, which you're right. I mean, I think that that's, you know, that's where you're going to have the best learning experience ever. Um, yeah, the so, restaurant business is nuts. But yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I look at it now, too, doing all the things I do now. It, 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 the hours and, and craziness of the restaurant business probably was, was more taxing on me than, 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 the, than the different things that I do at this time. So I'm, I'm happy the way it turned out, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's a really great point because a lot of people, um, you know, they, they think that starting a magazine is just fun. Oh my gosh, yeah. It must be so much fun and so easy just to do a fitness publication. That's awesome. But the reality is that most people cannot hack it. <laughs> Well, it, it's a, it's a tough business, you know. It, I, I the thing probably the thing that allowed me to get into and stay into was that I had no experience whatsoever. If I would have <laughs> known what it took or whatever, I, I'm not sure I would have done it. Not that I regret doing it; I'm happy I did. But if I would have known um, at the time the long hours and all that, I'm not sure I would have I would have traded one business that I was in that for you know crazy hours long and and then just traded for another. Um, but, I, you know, I had the idea of Oblique probably like four or five years before I started it. Not for me. I, I didn't think it was a, a good business for me to get into. I had no experience, but I thought it would be a great business for somebody to get into. Um, we didn't have any, any you know, fitness-style publications in Charleston. And I thought, man, somebody who can – had the experience could really run with this here. So we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come right back. Have you signed up for the 10-Day Jumpstart program yet? It's free. The SK Fit Life 10-Day Jumpstart program is 10 days of emailed lessons straight in your inbox. All of my best lessons straight to you for free. Go to www.skfitlife.com slash free 10 day. That's F-R-E-E 10-D-A-Y. See you there. And welcome back. So one day I was in between clients and I picked up uh, the local paper and I saw all these gyms in the low country that were listed. They listed all of them. I think it was for the beginning of the year so people could figure out where they wanted to have their New Year's resolution. I'm looking at this list and I'm going, man, somebody really needs to do this. I'm going to look into seeing what it would take to, to start a magazine. I knew a lot of people in the industry, so I, I didn't think material was going to be that hard, getting articles and stuff like that. I was training at the time two of the top photographers in the city, so photos weren't going to be a problem, but I had no idea about design, getting a, a designer. So I looked around, 
I found this guy who was an insomniac, <laughs> and um, he he only he started working in a magazine at two a.m., which means I had to be available at two a.m. a lot of the times. <laughs> and he lived in a uh, he lived in a carriage house off of King Street, and I. I would meet him at three o'clock in the morning sometimes and we would exchange like discs in the street and the Lord only knows what people think we were doing. So like three times a week, early morning hours, we're exchanging stuff. He would go back into his carriage house and I'd take off and work a little bit at home. But, um, and that went on for a long time and without any experience, it, it, it was a learning process. So, it took literally about eight, nine months to put the first issue together, oh, wow. and which was fine because there was no rush. I mean, there was no, we were just going to start it whenever we thought we were ready to start it. And when the first issue came out, we were really happy with the way it came out. It looked great and this and that. But the problem was now we had 28 days to do the next one, <laughs> you know? So it was just bedlam from that point on. It was just, it was just how are we going to do this? And, for uh, like two years, it was like that. Then we decided that if we went every other month, came out bi-monthly, it would be a lot easier. And that was, that was a big decision that, that, that helped out for wow. us. And getting the material, be able to get ahead on things and really start to plan the magazine more. So um, that, was a, that, that was a big decision to make, and it was a good one to make. But, you know, it, it's still a learning process, and... and um, you know, it, it's still, you know, testing things and seeing what works and seeing what, what, what readers like and, um, and things like that. So we're always looking to change and get some new ideas. But we really haven't varied too much from our original intent. Oh, that's great. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's great insight into, um, you know, how technology has changed, maybe some of the logistical things that people don't think of when they think of what goes into mm-hmm. a magazine. I mean, you yeah. know, you picture like, because you started over, t- I mean, the magazine has been around for 10 years. That's incredible. And, yeah. you know, you guys were exchanging floppy disks like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? exactly, you know. And, and, and you're yeah. right, you know, technology has made it easier in a sense that, you know, because of doing everything online, uh, being able to, to price printing all over the country, things like that, it's, it, is, it is easier to that extent. You know, the programs are a lot easier to work with. It's a lot harder to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, there's so many check, you know, uh, points and things like that along the way. So, so from that, that point, it's easier. There's always the, the business aspect of it is tough. You know, there's a lot of good really good publications in Charleston, a lot of free publications like ours. So, you know, there, there's competition and, and um, it, it's just the way it is in any business and that's, that's fine. It's, it's healthy. Um, but, you know, we always got to try and find ways to really what, 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 what leads it is the readership. You know, you need the readership to entice the advertising, you know? Yeah. So I think what we try and do being a, a, a local publication, I think, What's great about it is people pick up the magazine because they they know people in there. You know, they 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 recognize people whether they know them personally or they recognize them from a gym or from a doctor's office or something like that. And it is a route that we took. We made a decision early on. You know, we have a couple of writers that write for us, but a lot of what we decided to do is to get the experts to write. So somebody, you know, a lot of times somebody would write an article that they may not be a writer and we don't pretend to be anything other than what we are, but what we try and be is something that's informative. So people know a lot of the writers, they know a lot of the 
people that are being photographed. They know about maybe a programmer writing about it, things like that. So I think it's very familiar to people, and I think that's what um, attracts them to the magazine. And then, of course, the, the, the advertising aspect that you have to convince advertisers that this is the publication to advertise in. And I think one of the stumbling blocks we have, we're fortunate enough that the magazine gets picked up, meaning every every spot we put it in, by the time we're, the new magazine comes out, they're gone. So we, oh, we yeah. go through all of our <laughs> magazines. I, the hardest part we have is, is convincing advertisers that, sure, people, it, it is a more fitness, healthy lifestyle magazine publication, but all of those people, <laughs> they don't just go to the gym and run every day. <laughs> you know, they, they buy cars, they buy insurance, they buy homes, they eat at restaurants, they buy jewelry, you know. So, so it's the people that realize this is a really good market for everything, for any kind of advertising. It's not just the fitness world. So um, I think that's what is kind of a stumbling block, but we're kind of breaking through that. And I think people are reason, realizing that because the magazine is very popular and it gets picked up and it gets kept, um, that, you know, to advertise in it is a, is a, is a benefit to them. So. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. And you're right. It's really cool that the um, you, you do see a lot of people who are advertising with Oblique. They're the ones that are writing the articles. And so as a consumer, it's cool because it gives you the feeling that you know the person that you're purchasing from. So I just think that that, you know, that really ties into Charleston and our small city um very night nicely um, tied together community here. So mm-hmm. I just think that's really cool. It's not just some like random person that you'll never meet. You'll see this person at the grocery store or on Shim Creek or somebody or somewhere like right. that. And it's, it's amazing how many times people write an article and because if, if you're a contributor, your, your photos in the contributors page and that, and, and it even kind of surprises me how many times people say they, People come up to them in the supermarket and say, I saw you, you know, you wrote an article in Oblique Magazine, and they get blown away by that. Yeah. And uh, so it it is kind of cool because it's the community, even if you're, you know, you may work out in the gym in North Charleston and you you read about something from somebody who wrote something in Mount Pleasant, they're still so tied together. You know, they they see each other at at maybe road races or kayak events or or whatever. So so it's, it's a pretty... It's a it's a tight community of, of, of people, so they totally. do they do recognize each other, and it, and it's, it's kind of kind of cool that that happens. It's super cool, and then I love everything that you and I have both done for, with the Oblique Fit Girls group. I mean, that's incredible, and I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can watch the video of me explaining what the Fit Girls are in more yes. detail. But from yes. just a magazine overall standpoint, I just think that's really cool that. Um, we coordinate with um, some of the advertisers in the magazine to come to the studio. So we're actually bringing people to the studio. We're getting them to experience it. It's additional. Um, it's an additional article in the magazine for that studio. And then the as a person who lives here, I mean, how cool is that? You get to try out a free fitness class with all of these yeah, other like-minded I, women. Well, I remember the Fit Girls... Um, if you remember when I, when I called you, I think you were actually out of town when, I, when you took the call, and I mentioned about this idea about getting women together to, um, as a group, experience different facilities. And, and you kind of ran with that, and you headed it up, 
But I, I think the, 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 what, what the factor was with this, there is an intimidation to a lot of people who go into a facility. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it, it's, it's too bad that they have that, you know. So I think when we got this group of women together and they felt that they were going to go to a private class, no one was going to judge them. And once they did that, I mean, you know from experience, some of the people that you never would have thought would, would even come to something like this, and, and it was a lot for them to do it, ended up joining the gym that they, that they went to. Absolutely. Uh, to try spiritual. And, and it's like all of a sudden everything changed once they realized, you know, people aren't staring at you. No one really cares. Everyone's just there to work out. And, and that was the purpose of it really was to, you know, get people to get up and do something. It wasn't, look, if you read a quote and it gets you through a day, that's great. But yeah. if, if you really want to make a change in your life, you really got to get up and do it and go out and do it. And the support group of those fit girls was just phenomenal for it because it's such a wide range of, of people, both athletic ability, age, income, everything. It doesn't matter. They're just going there to have fun. And, uh, and the classes have grown. Yeah. It started out when we just did a bit of class. Now we have, you know, food samples from different restaurants. We have trunk shows, speakers, things like that. So, it's just a, it's just a great group, and it's, it, it adds a lot to the magazine, and um, it just gives us a lot of exposure too, which helps. But I think the best part is, that, you know, these women get out there as a group, and they, and they have a blast. So I, that was a nice addition to the mag. Yeah, and that's a great point. People, I mean, I, I say it all the time: you don't need more motivation; you need more action. And this is what right. it does for people. You're taking well, exactly, action. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. So let's go ahead and move on to the Oblique Fitness Expo. This is such a cool event. Um, and it changes a little bit every year. And by changes, I mean just think exponentially gets better and better. You just do such a phenomenal job. Um, so what is going on with this year's Fitness Expo? Where is it? When is it? What do we need to know? Well, the, uh, the Oblique Health and Fitness Expo is going to be held Saturday, October 8th. And this year, we're moving it from Riverfront Park in North Charleston, which is gorgeous. The park is beautiful, um, a little bit off the beaten path. So we're bringing it to the front lawn of Charleston Southern University, which is right across the street from, from Trident Hospital there. And, I mean, it's, it's running along the side of the road, but it's, it's, the, the visual is incredible. So I think that we're bringing it there to really increase the exposure of it. Um, and it's, we're gonna, it's gonna feature a four hour group fitness dance marathon. Um, it's gonna be a lot of different, um, health and fitness tents going on, different activities, kids activities. Um, they're gonna be some, some competitions going on, fitness types of competitions. But one of the biggest things that we introduced last year, which we're continuing to do, is that the event is benefiting Pedals for Peanuts which is a local charity that helps gift bikes to kids that don't have the means to do so. So last year we were able to raise over 220 bikes to children of North Charleston. And we work very closely with the city of North Charleston, who is phenomenal. They are just, uh, the people over there, just they care so much about their community. And in fact, what we did was, we tied in the North Charleston Police Department, and they were the ones that actually presented the bikes to the kids individually. And what's, what's kind of great about 
this charity in, in conjunction with the Fitness Expo is that through businesses and fitness facilities having donation classes and things like that, events where they can raise money for pedals for peanuts, we're actually able to purchase the bikes prior to the event. Um, so at the event itself, the kids are getting the, the bikes, which is, which is really cool because a lot of times events, the, there's money raised at the event. Oh. And whatever happens afterwards happens afterwards. But this actually happens at the event. Yeah. The event is free, okay? So this year the event is free to the public. Anybody can come in. Anybody can take a class. Everybody can do that. And it's just going to be open to the public. So there's no charge. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a free event, fun event. All the money is raised prior to it. All the donation money, 100% goes to Pedals for Peanuts. Um, it, it's, it's a wonderful charity. And, and the main thing I like, I love what it does. It, it gets kids active. It gets them riding a bike rather than sitting home and, and being on a video game. But the one thing about the charity that really makes it stand out is that all the money raised goes to buying bikes. There's uh, people donate administrative costs, people donate graphic costs, all that stuff is donated and all the money that gets raised, um, you know, it, it goes right to buying bikes. And we were able to work out a great deal with Huffy where um, we got a really good price on it. So for every, you know, every dollar makes a difference. So, you know, we were able to provide a kid with a bike and a helmet for not a lot of money. So every time we raise, you know, if we, we do something that raises $200 even, that's a lot in, in buying bikes. So it, it works out really well. And it's just, you know, there's nothing like seeing a kid get a bike for the first time and, and you'd be surprised the kids in need of bikes. Yeah. When we went with North Charleston, we said, well, one of the biggest problems that the charity has is identifying the kids that really need bikes that, that don't have the means to get a bike. And they said, well, that's not a problem. Mm. And we said, what do you mean? They said, well, we, we, we have, uh, so I said, well, how many kids can you handle? I said, how many, that you, how many can you, can you get? As many bikes as you have, that's how many kids we can get. Wow. So realizing that there's, you know, kids that are eight or nine years old that have never been on a bike before. Yeah. So, you know, I, so providing that something's 